March 20th is Match Day 2015, when graduating medical students find out where they'll perform their residencies. But before these budding physicians enter the next phase of their professional training, how well prepared are they when it comes to HIPAA and patient privacy and security issues? I'm Marian Kolbasek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with healthcare attorney Julie Agris. Julie is the former corporate compliance director and privacy officer at North Shore LIJ Health System in New York. Julie is also a professor and lecturer on privacy and compliance-related issues at several New York medical schools and universities, including Hofstra, North Shore LIJ School of Medicine, NYU, and Stony Brook University. Julie will discuss with us some of the challenges and issues involved with preparing medical students to protect the privacy and security of patient information as these individuals go through the next phases of their professional training and begin their residencies. Hi, Julie. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, you've been both a privacy officer and a professor. How much emphasis do medical schools and universities in general put on teaching their students about the importance of HIPAA, patient data privacy and security, before they enter the clinical workplace? And what do some of the medical schools do in terms of tackling this issue and teaching their students? Well, it's a great question, and we're in a period of time when we finally have a federal law, uh, and we've been implementing it over the past several years, but it's nice for those of us who work in this field to finally have a law that we can actually go into medical schools and teach people about from a federal perspective and, and also the state nuances. You know, medical students have to learn lots and lots of things, so everyone is vying for time on the agenda. When you get access to medical students, it's a really exciting place to be able to teach and see students learn and see them be educated in lots of different areas. I think it's difficult to get privacy to be certainly the ultimate note on the agenda, but certainly I have seen it becoming much more important as time has gone on. So different medical schools do things differently. At Hofstra North Shore LIJ School of Medicine, I know that we worked very hard from the beginning when developing the curriculum about assuring that we had professionalism concepts, law, ethics, all of these very important concepts integrated throughout the curriculum, which was really exciting because if you speak to physicians who were educated in, historically educated in medicine, this was not really something that was considered necessary to put in the curriculum. So from my experience as someone who's recently been moved to the academic world, it's really exciting that medical schools see this as an important area and, and it really is on the agenda. Now, based on your experience, is it easier to teach young medical professionals about the importance of patient privacy and data security before they fall into, you know, quote, bad habits? I would have to say that I, I haven't had extreme experience, as I said, teaching historically. So it would be really nice to be able to measure whether it was easier to teach medical students early or later. But I can say from my experience that students are interested, especially if you give them anecdotes. When they start to understand how critical this area is from from the perspective of their patient's care, 
if you can connect privacy and security issues to their patient's care and to the level of trust that they develop with their patients, you really do get engagement, even in a generation of individuals that are so technically savvy that it's probably difficult for them always to understand how technology might, might in fact interfere with a human relationship, potentially. So in my experience, I'd have to say that the younger students are listening, they are engaged, they're interested, and if you use anecdotes in your teaching of these issues, they remember. They really do remember what you've taught them. I've had, I certainly can at least say that I've had students come back to me years later at this point and say, I still remember the cases that we talked about and they were really helpful to me. So when you give examples to your students to try to illustrate what you mean, what sorts of things do you tell them? Unfortunately, it's very easy at this point to come up with cases because you see them publicized, unfortunately, cases in which patients' privacy has been breached and it has been extremely harmful to them. And if they're not publicized in the newspapers or in the media, then you can use the identified examples from your own work. I would say the ones that are, that are most helpful are the examples of individuals who have really been harmed in that they really lose their ability to trust the person with whom they've shared the most confidential information that they, that they really have in their lives. It can affect family relationships. It can affect an individual's relationship with their workplace. I mean, really integral pieces of people's lives have been adversely affected by breaches of their private personal health information. And when students hear those stories, I believe that that really has a profound effect on them. So as we were saying, many med students today have grown up using computers and the Internet. Do you think this makes it easier or more difficult for them to understand the concept of what's needed to protect patient privacy and data, for instance, that's in electronic health records versus maybe older Mm -hmm. doctors that grew up using paper records? You know, I think it's a mix, as, as many things are, it's a mix. It's wonderful in that we have this new generation of individuals who are so technologically savvy that, that they are able to use the electronic medical records and they are able to employ lots of the technologies that we have now to help our patients. And then there's the other side of that, which is that they are so comfortable that it's really difficult to, to acknowledge how harmful technology could potentially be if not used um, in a responsible and professional ways. I definitely think that, back to the, the point about anecdotes, if they hear stories about the way in which technology has been harmful to patients and subsequently to, for instance, residents in their careers and trying to train, if they should breach a patient's privacy, even though not purposefully so, we've seen some residents' careers just end. It can be life-altering not only for the patient but also for the medical student, resident, or person in training. So while this ability to use technology is a wonderful thing, this opportunity really to get to students early is critical because of that comfort level and making them aware really at the outset that they can really help their patients with technology, but they can also hurt not only their patients but themselves if it's not used appropriately. So what sorts of things are taught the medical students when it comes to, again, patient privacy? Is it things like if you're not authorized to access an electronic health record, you shouldn't be record snooping, don't talk about the patients in front of others, or what sorts of things are important for them to understand as they enter these institutions and begin residencies? From the very beginning, you know, we don't want to go in, especially 
those of us with legal backgrounds, we don't want to go in and really turn people off. Certainly, we don't want to get into the weeds of the law. It's a very complex law if you, if you actually want to read it from beginning to end. And all the subsequent laws that are coming out and all the state-level laws that expand on and, and whatnot. So we really do our best to go in and not, not bore people and also not belittle any of the, of the really critical points. And again, teaching through case study seems to be what we're finding to be the best thing to do. So content-wise, at the Hofstra North Shore LIJ School of Medicine, we've certainly started with just that concept of what is consent, what is authorization, what is the difference between privacy and confidentiality, making medical students aware that there is a duty of confidentiality, even explaining to them the purpose of the law, the rights of patients, letting them ask the questions and answer the questions and explore the questions in sort of a lecture but discussion format of what information can I share, when can I share it, with whom can I share it, and understanding that their obligation really has changed. The, the moment that they become a clinical person, and at Hofstra, North Shore LIJ School of Medicine, those students are becoming EMTs first, so they're on ambulances and they're out there with patients very early on in their education. So really having them understand that the moment that that occurs, their obligation has changed. and. They understand that. It's, it's sort of a profound moment that they understand that they've walked through a door in their life where now their obligation really has changed. And the other really nice thing we do, really, I mean, in the first few days of medical school, which is amazing that we get the opportunity to speak with them at the very beginning, uh, we give them a framework for professionalism. And so we try to give them that framework, which includes the ethical concepts of professionalism, understanding what patient autonomy is, what beneficence is, what non-maleficence is, and what social justice is. We have a, a framework that we put up on the smart board for them, and we go back to that framework over and over again over their years in the curriculum so that they always have that framework to go back to, and, and our hope is that they will leave with that framework in the back of their mind so that if they should ever get into a gray zone, they will be able to go back to that framework and say, wait a second, before I do this, let me think of all of the things that we were taught and that I learned and how this will affect my patient in the long run. The younger generation of med students today are often active users of social media. What should these med school students know about protecting patient privacy when they use social media in their own personal lives? Social media is obviously a wonderful thing, and patients are using it to enhance their medical care. We see all kinds of wonderful things happening through social media, uh, personally, professionally, and whatnot. However, these are the areas in which we've seen sort of students and early physicians' careers kind of fall apart or at least be highly threatened when information is shared over social media that uh, should not be. So this goes back to that sort of concept of being so comfortable with technology and with social media and with publicizing information, personal information online, that it becomes a dangerous area. So students should be aware that they really shouldn't be sharing any identifiable patient information over social media and being very, very cautious and careful about how they're sharing information at all, even email, text messages, and the like. There are provisions in the law about the necessity of encryption, and many health systems are very much aware of this and employing technologies to protect information, even at the text messaging level and so forth. But 
we all know that we take our work home with us, and so things can seep out beyond the technologies within the health system. And so as we talk about our patients, when we take things outside the system, take them home with us, take them onto our personal devices and whatnot, we need to always remember that every interaction needs to comply with our patients' rights, essentially, and respecting their privacy and their autonomy as human beings. Finally, Julie, as you know, HIPAA breaches involve hospital insiders often, including mistakes by staff, as well as record snooping and other inappropriate access issues. So with that said, what's your advice to healthcare organizations like hospitals who may be getting a new wave of residents and trainees at their institution? My advice to them would be to, as we have that opportunity I spoke about, to get access to those students as early as possible and educate them as much as possible. And another point is that it can't be a one-time, you know, fixes everything kind of education. It really has to be periodic education and education that is engaging and meaningful to individuals. You know, I don't think an online lecture or an online scenario in which you can sort of push through slides potentially and not necessarily really absorb information about the importance of patient privacy. I've seen some training sessions that way. But I have to say from my experience as a compliance officer and privacy officer that that opportunity to actually go in and have face-to-face exposure to people as early on in their careers and as early on in their employment with a health system is really the most effective way to get to people. So having individuals that have enough knowledge about the law and its implications, having face-to-face, if not some sort of, it doesn't have to be face-to-face if it can be some engaging online learning that can promote discussion and can promote engagement about the importance of privacy and security, and how we can effectively implement this law to protect our patients. Thanks, Julie. I've been speaking to attorney and professor Julie Agris. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.